Hey, good morning, and welcome home to Cassidy Church. It is Easter Sunday, and I'm so excited that you are joining us for this opportunity to to come together, even if it's in your homes, but to come together and worship the the resurrected Christ and and to celebrate what God is doing in the world still, even to this day. If, If you're like me, Easter, happy Easter is just one of those redundant things because there cannot be happy without Easter. And so at my house, when I wake up in the morning, usually when I wake my kids up, I say, Easter, because it is, it is Easter, and it is the day that the Lord has made, and the Lord has made it good because Jesus has been raised from the dead and has walked out of the tomb, kicking the doors down to hell and death, and nothing can hold back our God. Amen? Amen. It is a joy to be able to celebrate this. Even though we can't be together, it is a joy to be able to celebrate this. Hey, if you are new here, uh, maybe you're like, man, this guy's wacky. I don't know, but I'm excited that you have joined us. Uh, And wherever you are, physically, uh, know that, that you are near to us now because we are in the presence of God and God brings us all closer together. And so I'm excited that we have the opportunity uh, to, to be together. Uh, if you haven't caught up with us, we're, we're in a, a sermon series and we're in week 10 of a 13-week sermon series, so we're on the backside. Uh, so I would love to give you the opportunity at, at CassidyChurch.org. Uh, we have all of those sermons out there It'd be great. You could catch up with us. Uh, And then next week, we're going to continue. But today, today we get to start uh, by talking about the climax of God's story. Uh, when, we, when we started uh, 10 weeks ago, we didn't, we didn't start with the climax. We started with the beginning, and, and we worked our way up to this point. And, and Jesus' resurrection is the exclamation point on God's story, the, the high point where God does uh, everything necessary to bring us back into right relationship. But before we get too far, I want to remind us what we said from the very beginning. What we're going to try and do through this this story uh, is that we want to learn more about God. We want to learn more about who God is and and what God is doing. And second, we want to learn more about God's story of redemption. This story that, like I said, Jesus is the exclamation point of how God is pursuing and wooing us back into right relationship. And through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we have the, the ability to enter into that relationship finally and, and in the perfection that God offers to us through Jesus Christ. We're going to hear more about that. And, and last, we want to learn more about our place in God's story. Our place in this story, because it is not a story about what happened to them, but it's a story about what happens to us each and every day. It continues. People are impacted by the resurrection in a brand new way. And I wanted to take a moment and say, you know, if you're sitting out there and you're like, man, I don't feel that excited because it doesn't feel like Easter to you, uh, I'm going to acknowledge that and say, uh, normally I don't preach Easter in an empty room. Hi, everybody. Uh, however, in this time, we're, we're having to come together in this way so that we can be safe and so that we can uh, still share the good news of Jesus Christ, even in the situation we find ourselves in. 
So maybe you're joining us because you're heartbroken. Maybe you're joining us because you're concerned, you're scared, you're anxious about the current situation. And by the current situation, I'm of course talking about COVID-19 and the coronavirus, that, that we have people that we're praying for that are, that are ill and, and people that are, are dying in, in numbers that, that are staggering to me. And yet, we're still coming together to talk about the resurrection. And so maybe you think that I'm falsely excited or, or I'm faking it just so that I can, I can bring you this message, and that's not the case at all. Uh, the reason I'm excited is because the resurrection changes everything. The world is a different place because of Jesus' resurrection, and it can be different for you as well. If you have not taken that step across the line of faith, I'm going to encourage you to pay attention to what God is telling you, because this story is your story. And for us, I want us to recognize something. Maybe for the first time, we are closer in mindset to how the first Easter was. And here's what I mean by that. That first Easter, nobody was sitting there excited about waking up. Nobody was planning Easter egg hunts. Nobody was planning to go and spend time at their relative's house. Nobody was planning to have great ham and carrot cake, uh, not all at the same time. Uh, and, and instead, they were sheltering at home. Actually, they were sheltering at a friend's house because they were hiding from the law. You see, the night before, a couple of nights before, uh, Jesus, their teacher, their rabbi, their Messiah, their friend, had been taken and tried and executed by Rome. And, and it left them heartbroken and confused. They thought Jesus was the Messiah, and yet Jesus now is dead. And, and they're just in hiding in this upper room from the authorities. And aside from the authorities, hiding from the authorities, which I hope you're not doing, uh, aside from that, it can seem very similar to what we have going on today, that we're, we're withdrawn, we're isolated from one another. We're not able to do the things that we would normally do on Easter that, that bring us together, that bring us joy. Instead, friends, I want to offer us hope in this, that let's, this Easter, Focus on the one who Easter is all about, the, the central star of Easter, which is Jesus Christ. So I want to take us back to that first Easter when they didn't know what was going on. They weren't prepared for what was about to happen. They were in despair and sad and broken about the events that had happened, so much so that that first Easter Sunday, they weren't going to see the tomb for any special reason, exciting reason. They were going so that they could prepare Jesus' body for appropriate burial. What had happened was a few nights before, Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate and, and got permission to take Jesus' body and, and quickly prepared it for burial so that he could observe the Sabbath. And then Joseph uh, and, and all of the disciples, being good Jews, stayed away from the cemetery. They couldn't go because they couldn't do work on the Sabbath. God had commanded it. And so they didn't want to break God's commandment. And so they stayed at home in the upper room at a friend's house, actually. And, and this small group of ragtag folks uh, now is in fear and hiding from the rest of the world. And so that, that next morning, 
Mary and some of the women decided, you know what, in order to have some closure, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go and we're going to prepare Jesus' body for burial the, the right way. We're going to do things right and, and we'll take care of that and then we'll be able to, to say goodbye in the way that we need to say goodbye. And it starts that way. And we're going to look at John's gospel. And John's gospel, uh, I love it because it's a first-person gospel. So Peter, James, and John were always with Jesus. And, and so when John tells us the story, we get to see this story from a first-person point of view. And it says this in John's gospel. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Now, Mary, we know from the other Gospels, didn't go alone, but John only mentions Mary uh, for, for this part of the story. And so Mary goes to prepare Jesus' body. And she recognizes that the stone isn't there. And so it continues, the story says, So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. And, and I want us to understand this. So when, when John's gospel mentions the disciple whom Jesus loved, um, John is talking uh, very humbly about himself. That's John. And so right now, Mary has come and Peter and John are together. And so she's telling them they have taken the Lord and, and we don't know where, where they put him. And so in response to that, uh, Peter and, and John are going to take off toward the tomb. But I want us to recognize something. Nobody there is, is expecting what's about to happen. Uh, no one in that room is going to the tomb to see the resurrected Jesus because the truth is no one expected the resurrection. No one expected the resurrection. Even though they had heard what Jesus said, they didn't expect the resurrection. And, and why not? Why, 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 why would we anticipate anything else? If this, is, if this is the story and we're hearing it for the first time, it makes no sense that they would expect a resurrection. Nobody has ever been resurrected before. They have no context for this. And they, they have no understanding of what that even looks like. And, and you know, even on the best day, maybe, maybe Jesus will be resurrected in the world that is to come or whatever, but they can't anticipate that Jesus is alive right now in the garden. And so they're, they're confused and they're concerned. And, and, and here's where I love that first person perspective, because have you ever had a friend that you just really wanted to, uh, to make sure that every time you had a conversation with them, you, you, you won that conversation or you had that one up with them. And I think that's what's going on with Peter and, and, and John right now, because here's what John says. So Peter and the other disciple, John, started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I love it because John's like, I'm faster, Peter. I'm still faster. I beat you to the tomb and I'll always beat you. I, I, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Uh, I'm over competitive. I know that. But here's what happens. John and Peter take off running and John outruns Peter and gets to the tomb first. Uh, and it continues. He bent over and looked in at the linen, strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. And then Simon Peter came along and behind him and went straight into the tomb. And here's why, because John is a good Jew. 
And John gets to the tomb and says, I, you know, I can't go in because if I go in and Jesus' body is in there, then I'm unclean and, and I want to remain clean. Uh, but Peter doesn't have any misconception of Peter being Peter. He just brash and bold and runs straight into the tomb to see what is going on, what has happened to my friend. And so he runs into the tomb and, and that's when it continues. And it says he saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Now, I want to I take a moment here, because when we say he saw and believed, that doesn't mean he saw and believed that Jesus was resurrected. That means he saw and believed that Mary was telling the truth, that somebody had taken the body of their friend Jesus. Somebody had taken the body of the man they believed to be the Messiah. They had taken his body away. And then in sadness, it says, then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now, friends, this is, this is a picture of deep despair, deep darkness, and deep sadness. Because the disciples not only have, 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 have they experienced Jesus being killed, uh, their, their whole movement falling apart, the expectation that they had coming into Jerusalem, we own this place, has now turned into utter fear and dis disruption. Everything is, is messed up and nothing is the way that it should be. And Mary feels the same way. Uh, she has followed the disciples back. After she told them, she follows them back to the tomb. And it tells us this in John's gospel. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, as she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? She responded, they have taken my Lord away. She said, and I don't know where they've put him. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about this, I, I get to a place where I imagine that Mary is in such deep despair, such deep darkness, that she can't really comprehend what's going on because she's having a conversation with angels, and yet she's not excited about it. She's not getting the inkling, the, the, the idea that Jesus maybe something else is going on. No, she just has a conversation with angels just like it's a normal conversation. Oh yeah, there's two people in white. Maybe she still thinks James or Peter and John are, are in the tomb. I don't know what's going on, but what we know is that, that she is not thinking clearly, that her grief is overwhelming her, and she is in a deep, dark place. And last week on Sunday, we talked about this. In the deepest darkness the light shines the brightest. And friends, the light is about to shine on Mary in a way that she has never understood or anticipated. Here's what happens. Uh, at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. She didn't realize that it was Jesus. And he, he asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Now, I don't know about you, but I imagine Jesus having a little bit of fun with this. 
um, hello, I'm back from the dead. Instead of saying, hey, Mary, it's me. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, he says, woman, who are you looking for? And, and, and so this is, this is how, how we know for a fact that Mary isn't thinking clearly. Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. And I love this picture because Jesus is standing there and, and she's asking Jesus, like, like normal gardeners go into the, the tomb and take bodies and move them around, right? This is how you know she's not thinking clearly. But what she's doing is she's just saying, I just, I just want him back. I just want to be able to properly mourn and grieve for my friend to, 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 to do right by him because he was so important to me. And then then Jesus said to her, Mary. And everything changed in that moment. Friends, he heard, she, she heard in his words the same voice from Jesus that he had said to her time and time again when he called her name. She knew who he was, and, and she knew whose she was, and she got so excited. And, and it says that she turned toward him and, and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni! which means teacher, and I imagine she ran over and just grabbed him in a bear hug, you know, the, one of those hugs where you're just like, oh God, I'm going to die, because uh, you can't breathe, and she's holding on to him, and, and so much so that Jesus has to say, uh, Jesus says this, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. This is the, the, the moment that everything changes. Everything has, has become new for Mary. Now the resurrection is real. Before, it was, it was this, this idea, this, this term that Jesus said and, the, and things in Scripture that were written down, but nobody understood it. Nobody expected the resurrection. But when resurrection happens, everything changes. And that's not just true for them. That's true for us today, here and now. And so Mary went back to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she, and she told him, them, all that, all, she told them that he had said all these things to her. She told them that she had seen the Lord, that Jesus was raised from the dead and that all things were different, that God had made something new take place and that she was a part of it. And so I, I just want to encourage you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is where we're going to stop the story that we read about and enter into a time when I want to I want to see where you are. Where are you in this story? Have you taken that step of faith and, and realized what God is doing and has done and will continue to do includes you? That God has included you in His story? Because in this moment, God has made all things necessary complete for you to have salvation, for you to have life, life in abundance for Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus really came back from the dead, then that means the things that he said are true. When he said, I and the Father are one, it was true. When he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, everybody who wants to come to the Father comes through me, it was true. When Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and there I will bring you 
I will come back for you and I will take you there. Then that was true too. And friends, when Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life in full abundance, it is true as well. This is the God that we serve and this is why resurrection gets me so pumped because it changes lives from death to life. It changes everything and the world will never be the same. This is the most important moment in all of history forever and ever, for eternity. And normally we can say that, well, this is going to be eternal. You know, this is going to last a long time. My kingdom's going to rule for a long time. Whatever it is, none of that is eternal. But in Jesus Christ, this is eternal. For God has deemed it so. And we serve that very same God that created the heavens and the earth, that called us into relationship, and that offered us his son, when we couldn't find our way to him, he came to us. And then he offers us that gift of, of sacrifice so that we can have a right relationship. And friends, here's the deal about resurrection. When Jesus came back from the dead, it doesn't mean that, hey, we're forgiven. Hey, everything's okay. We're going to be forgiven. It's all good. That's not what resurrection is all about. Resurrection is not just forgiveness. It's this really churchy word called sanctification where we receive the gift of life, new life, and we live into that life. And we don't, it's, it's not that we're apologizing for what we've done because that price has been paid, paid on our behalf by Jesus Christ. And now we live in Christ. We live in his reality and we live in him, not just, not just in our minds, but in, in real life. And Jesus said this, that we, we, we're not doing this just so we can, we can be pals, but we're going to go back to that. Tell my brothers, Jesus told Mary, tell my brothers, because in Jesus Christ, we are grafted into the family of God. We become sons and daughters of the Father. Let that sink in for a moment. Sons and daughters of the Father that God invites us into his family and calls us his own. Friends, this is what resurrection is all about. Our God loves us so much that he invites us into this relationship. And when we can't do it on our own, he comes after us and offers us life in full abundance, whole, beautiful life. And so friends, if you're out there today and, and you've come across this stream or, or you were invited to it and you haven't taken that step across the line of faith, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you in just a minute, we're going to have a moment of prayer and maybe you're hearing God for the first time. Maybe you've never walked up to that line and you don't know what that looks like and, and, I, and I would love to hear about that and I will, I will converse with you and talk to you and do all things that I can to help you through that. But maybe you're sitting there and you're um, you, you've gone up to that line before. Maybe you grew up in the church and, and then life happened and you were like, man, this is dumb. I can't really figure this out. And you turned away. But today, something's different. Today, you're paying attention and you, and you feel that still small voice of God wooing you back into relationship. Friends, I, I, I want us to recognize that, that resurrection is not for them. It's not their story. It's not about a God who who wants us to grovel and, and, and struggle just so we can be forgiven a little bit. It's about a God who does everything necessary for us. And so I, I want you to think about taking that step. What does it look like 
to follow Jesus, what would it be like to have my life transformed forever by resurrection? And then I want you to take that step. Don't take it on my account. Take it because the God who loves you enough to give you Jesus has done all things necessary. Let's go to God in prayer today. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for Jesus Christ. And I just pray that right now that you would pour your Holy Spirit out upon us, that as we are gathered in different places, that you would unite us in the body of Christ, that we would be joined together in you, that we would experience resurrection. And Father, if there is somebody out there that is on that borderline, that is, that is on the fence about this, that you would, you would help them to move across, that you would help them to accept the life that you offer to them, Help them to accept the gift that is Jesus Christ and to receive that life. Father, I just pray that you would be with them and that you would help to, to walk them across that line of faith so that they can experience what true life is all about, so that they can receive true joy, even in the middle of a confused and broken and terrified world. Help us all, Father, to receive this gift and to be assured of your presence and to be assured of our salvation in all of this, even in the middle of an unknown future. Help us to recognize you, help us to rejoice in you, and help us to always and forever give thanks to the God who loves us enough to bring Jesus into our lives and to not hold Jesus back and to let him be our sacrifice so that we can have true and abundant life. We give you thanks, God, for all that you do, and in every situation we rejoice. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all of God's people agreed and said, amen.